Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good morning. I'm Michelle Lichty, and I am here with David Henderson. Morning, you all. And we are here at an unusual time on our normal day because we are just trying to squeeze everything in before some time off for both of us and in between kids camp and other responsibilities. <laughs> so, so here we are. Here we are. That's right. So here we are. Here we are. And this will be, um, we're going to take a couple weeks off from Facebook Live um, after today's conversation I'll be taking some time off and um so oh no we lost you David oh, I'm back there we go <laughs> okay. a low battery signal I'm, uh, I'm good okay okay good well we're going to talk about the sermon from this past Sunday which was put one another first and you had several lists of um of verses Romans 12 10 um first Corinthians 12 25 you briefly mentioned Philippians 2, 3, and then 1 Peter 5, 5. Mm -hmm. So kind of a smattering of verses throughout the uh, New Testament. Um, and, and you showed a Brian Regan clip. I did indeed. <laughs> Already, I was like, well, that's, that's unusual and so fun. <laughs> 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 and I was... I, yeah, I just, the thing that I wrote down was beware of the me monster from that. Oh, I know. Ryan I know. Clip. Well, that was the two things that struck me in that. I mean, he is hilarious. Oh, the me, you know, that, and you, yeah. you, you, me, you know, those, yeah. those moments we've all been in them. But then, I mean, he sounded like a philosopher. Suddenly when he said, you just stop, looks you in the eye and says, beware of the me monster. And a little later, what is it about the human condition that makes us feel like we need to talk one another? You know, those are like, whoa, those are kind of piercing moments of solemn reflection in the midst of goofiness. And, um, and that was part of what, what drew me to those, uh, those little bits. It's oh, very yeah. fun. Sorry, I'm plugging yeah. in my phone so I don't disappear. Well, that would be nice. We'd love to have <laughs> you with us. Thank you. <laughs> Hard to have a conversation about a sermon when, when you're not here. You would do quite <laughs> well on your own. Well, thank you for that vote of confidence. Um, I think the thing that hit me probably the most at the beginning was the quote you had from the German monk who wrote, yes. all of us are bent upon ourselves. Yeah. And I thought, oh, it's so true. It's so true of me, even when I think I'm people, you know, so I, I taught my kids at home when they were, when they were little. And people said, that's such a selfless act. And I'm like, but really I'm doing it for selfish reasons. Mm. Like I want to give my kids the best of me, which is definitely not after four o'clock PM. Mm -hmm. And I am structuring the day the way I want it to be structured. <laughs> you know, like, yes, part of it, a lot of it is a, is a selfless act of giving myself to my kids. But I was like, there are a lot of selfish reasons. <laughs> Why? And I think that goes for many activities or decisions or choices. Maybe you could take out the word many and put the word all in. All. I mean, it, at some level <laughs> as, as people being redeemed, you know, by the grace of God, 
there's a fundamental shift on the interior of us, but um, I think that really carries with it. It's interesting that Martin Luther, you know, who first came along uh, in, you know, the 1500-ish and, um, and said, wait, the church has lost track of the heart of its teaching. The, the good news of Jesus Christ is uh, this, this work of redemption that comes by faith. He used that. He talked about our being bent in upon ourselves. And I always thought, and others have thought that that was the origin of this. And then I was reading this Theologia Germanica that was written 150 years before Luther that he brought to the world. He said, hey, I think you all ought to read this. This is the most important book I've read outside of the New Testament. And this is where he gets the this expression. Um, mm. He talked about, um, you know, we talked about uh, homo sapiens, um, a man that is wise. Uh, he talked about homo incurvatus in se, man curved in upon himself, bent in upon mm. himself as the fundamental kind of, that's the essence of who we are outside of Christ. So when you think about, yeah, to me, it's so cool to think about the, um, the essence of the work of the gospel is to, um, to, bend, to open us back out mm-hmm. and up towards God and out towards others. I mean, it, that, um, that fundamental shift is so powerful. And as you and I talking about right before, before we started, I, I feel like this one another, this uh, idea it's not me first, but it's you first. Mm-hmm. Everything else pivots on that. I mean, that really is the thing that leads to a life that is laid down for the sake of others. This is what mm. love looks like, uh, that Jesus laid down his life for us. And so we have to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. This is where it starts. This is where serving one another starts. This is where caring for each other starts. This is where uh, sharing our resources with each other, sharing our time, praying for each other, um, and even living in community together and forgiving each other. And all of this starts with, I'm really going to let you be more important than me in this moment or in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's such a fundamentally, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, oh man, now I'm losing my words and it's only 9 a.m. How did this happen? You <laughs> <laughs> um, the rest of the day to find it. Well, that's the good news. <laughs> But it is fundamentally opposed to the message of this world. That's right. That's which exactly is right. Me first, and yep. my I I am the authority, and my matter my needs matter most. And um, and I think the, that is exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I I see this tendency uh, culturally at the point where we are in the decline of our culture. I see us at this point where more and more people are abandoning their allegiance to anything larger than themselves. Mm. And, you know, I used to have loyalty to my company and now I don't anymore. It's just me with my job. I used to have uh, devotion to my church, but it's not now I'm in charge of my own spiritual life and, and Mm. I get to pick and choose. And I used to um, be a loyal citizen, but now I just kind of opt in and opt out. And uh, I, I'm more and more, I see that, uh, kind of orientation that just says I really am the final arbiter of truth it really is all about me it really is Mm -hmm. for my sake it's it's when and if and on the terms that I want and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so this even more radically this is I I don't know I don't know yeah I'm trying to find words to express how much I'm persuaded this one idea is the thing that ultimately will lead to the way people look at us as Christians and go, 
this, it, you are so different. What is it mm-hmm. in a world bent in upon itself when we go out into the world, open out towards others mm-hmm. in generosity and attention and sharing time and sharing resources and thoughtfulness and pursuit and all that. There's just no accounting for that. Mm. And that is the pattern of Jesus's life. You know, when his, his dying for us started here, when he arrived on the planet with the posture that said, you matter more than me. And mm. that eventually led to the cross. Hmm. Yes. Yes. And, and it's, oh, I just still, I mean, it's interesting. I was in the, um, in our community group on Sunday morning um, at 1030. So it was right after the nine o'clock service and we're talking about the sermon and immediately the discussion came to, but you have to have boundaries. You have to have boundaries, Mm. which, which is true. Like there is a point of um, that you do have to have boundaries and because we are not limitless people, right? God did not create us to be, have limitless resources and limitless um, energy, we have limits, but we serve within our limits. And I just, it just struck me of um, that uh, it's, it's easy to go to, we need to have boundaries when the reality is we need to be willing to give up ourselves and God will help us set those appropriate boundaries. Profound difference. I absolutely agree with you. I've always had real misgiving about boundary language because of the implication connected to the word, Mm -hmm. which is that I'm the one who puts them out. The state highway puts boundaries along the highway. Um, So when boundaries come, it's me determining them and me saying this far and no farther God, this far and no farther difficult person with whom I'm in a relationship, um, whatever. And and I think we've talked about this a long time ago, but you know, my favorite poet is George Herbert. And I came across this line in a comment he made to a friend where he talked about how every, um, that, that the Holy Spirit stirs in us um, inviting motions and restraining motions. Hmm. And there, there are times we're called into things by the Spirit and times we're called not to engage in those things by the Spirit. And then he goes on to say, and this is so perceptive, he says, okay, so now as a Christian, I, I suddenly have a command in front of me, which is love my neighbor. Uh, every person I see is potentially someone I'm called to love. So what um, the place I'm challenged is I need to learn to be especially attentive to the restraining motions of the spirit. Yes, this is a legitimate need, but God's inviting me to respond to this. In what way is God responding, inviting me to respond to this? And maybe it's mm-hmm. at a profoundly costly level. I just talked to a friend of mine who's in my covenant group and he said, we have a, a drug addict living with us right now. He, he just destroyed his marriage and he's come to just kind of take shelter with us and we're trying to love him through this. Wow, mm-hmm. I mean, what a profoundly costly response. That's, that's not for everybody, but the issue isn't, am I willing to love? The issue is, Lord, how are you calling me to love? What, mm-hmm. what, are the, um, what is the arena with which you are inviting me to love? And it, mm-hmm. I think it's, a, it's pretty um, likely that the way God calls us to love might be a little different than where we would array our own boundaries. Um, yeah, that's highly likely. 
because I could tell you that my boundaries would probably be pretty far out. <laughs> well, that's that's us again. That's okay. So even in in putting you first, I'm putting me first. Go back to your point, and we, and we all do that. You know, it's like I'll love you when and if it's convenient uh, in the margin of free time I have, if it fits in my schedule, if I deem you important on, on, if I benefit from it, you know, it's um, that curve back in upon our self part. Wow. Isn't it just amazing how patient God is with us? It is. And I love like it just at the even most more fundamental level of like all things work together for good for those Mm. who love the Lord. Like, Mm. that verse in Romans eight, I just see it even in our selfishness, even in our bent in towards ourselves, God works that for good. That doesn't excuse it, but he works it for good. And it's just, it's just awe inspiring. Yeah. And it's interesting, Michelle, because that's, that's kind of right where my thoughts were going at that moment. I was thinking about, okay, so we've been putting a lot of emphasis on our usness as a church family. It's not just me. It's just, it's not just church on my terms. I I'm part of a larger something that helps to define me. God, God is the one who gets to determine what it is. So if you have moseying, moseying into the same community, a bunch of people who at some level are bent in upon themselves, what, what in the world is community? Hmm. And, and it's, it seems to me it's community is the arena in which I practice opening myself up towards God and out towards you. And you get to practice patience with me as I learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. And the same is true the other way around. It should be this place of, that just drips with grace where we all recognize, man, <laughs> I'm even more curved in upon myself than you are. And mm. how amazing that there's this, um, this context in which I'm loved and I can love, I can try it out as someone, I, I get to try to figure out what it looks like to pattern my life after Jesus, to, I get to figure out what it looks like to say yes to the spirit of God as he brides me out from my curved inness and up towards God and out towards others. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I love the practical um, ideas that you gave. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, in your sermon on Sunday of how, how can we can put others first? Um, and you gave three different um, ideas. One of them was you give the gift of your time, or I give the gift of my time. And being open to God's interrupting me with divine appointments. I, you know, I, I love the language of divine appointments. Um, I, I remember my mom uh, said that to me, I think when I was, my, my kids were tiny, tiny. Mm. And I was like, my day did not go as I had planned. And she's like, it never will. Mm. And you just, you have to be open to God's divine appointments mm. for you. Yeah. I first heard that from Sybil Towner, because who's kind of my adoptive mom, but I first, yeah, first met her in the context of being part of summer camp, like the camp that we're doing at Covenant this summer. I was one of the leaders of the camp and, uh, and, and I remember her talking about that idea. And, mm-hmm. and I, I just think that's so, such a huge challenge. We are so clock driven and, and I think 
time equals life, kind of with the quote that I shared of that mm. full attention. You know, I give away a portion of my life at, to whatever I'm doing. That's mm -hmm. that part of my life is gone. And so I think we jealously, jealously guard our time. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the places we put boundaries up all over the place. And, uh, and the idea that it's, it is fully possible that this time that we share right now is actually your time rather than my time. Like, mm. oh, okay, well, here I am, part of what God's doing in your life. And I think that shift is a really important one to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, the second one is I give the gift. I put you before me when I give the gift of my full attention. Mm. Mm. Um, it's interesting. I, I, uh, I was in the office the other day and I was walking down the hall and someone asked me a question and then immediately looked at their phone and, um, and then realized what they were doing and said, I'm doing exactly what David said I shouldn't do. I, and, and I, I apologize. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I'm like, well, I understand, <laughs> but, but I was like, oh yes, it's so easy to ask the question and then ignore the response. Yeah, I, I think that's, that, that's right. And um, one of my theories is that, again, part of it's a, a culture in decline uh, I think the last maybe couple of generations, um, the idea of just courtesy and manners has become negotiable. And it's not something that parents are as intentional to pass on to kids. And then into that mix comes this new thing called a cell phone. Mm -hmm. And there's not a like Miss Manners or Dear Abby who's saying, okay, let's just do a national convention to talk about how we use this new device called a phone. Mm. So I think, I think we all just do the default thing, which, I mean, mm -hmm. it's an attention vortex, just constantly sucking yeah. it, us into itself. And, and so it, we just kind of follow its lead. Uh, I, I remember hearing this, this really uh, fun story of a guy who went to talk to J.R.R. Tolkien and uh, to interview him right near the end of his life. And it was actually C.S. Lewis's secretary, Walter Hooper. And uh, so he went to talk to him and, and uh, Tolkien said, um, we, have, we have 12 minutes and when it's noon, we're done. And uh, so at noon, Walter began to fold up his things and, and he stood up and, and Tolkien said, where are you going? And he said, you said that we would be done at noon. And he said, the clock isn't the master of me. I'm the master of my clock, sit down. <laughs> and they ended up having another half an hour or an hour and a half together. And, and I think it's that, which is the master of which? Am I the master of my phone? Do, do mm. I determine how I use it? Or is it the master of me? And I think unless we're really intentional, really mm -hmm. intentional, it will master us. Mm -hmm. I, I think every one of us has stop and go, okay, um, I do not, I'm not willing to be your slave anymore. I get to determine how I use you and how I don't. Mm -hmm. And we get to tell that to others. You know, I tell people, hey, folks, when I'm on vacation, I don't have access to my email at all. I don't have a way to access it on my phone. And, and that's a, a way to, for me to disengage. And I will not look at my phone. It may be somewhere in the same house where I am, but when I'm on vacation, I won't look at it. I mean, eventually I'll check it to see if there are any emergencies. But, you know, I think it's important that we say, 
the culture doesn't have to decide or urgency, screaming urgency doesn't have to decide. Mm -hmm. We're in charge. Yes. And I think that, I, I think that we have unintentionally given up that, uh, I don't want to say mastery, but, but, but yeah, I mean that, that, the realization like, no, I do have a choice. Um, because it's, it's just, oh, well, culture is, says this and my phone is doing this and my iPad's doing this and my email is doing this. And, and so I just have to respond, 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 respond. When the reality is, and we have to be, we have to, we have a choice. That's right. That's exactly right. So you, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're familiar with my having said to our staff, Hey, if it's, if it's a work-related thing, unless it's an emergency, I would prefer that you communicate with me over email. And then when work time comes, I'm able to pull that up and interact with what's said rather than having this now, 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 whenever the phone buzzes. Mm -hmm. And now the one thing that I struggled with a lot, um, part of my job is managing our social media accounts. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I would be on my personal account, my personal Facebook account, and all of a sudden I'd be getting all these notifications for Covenant. And I'm like, it's it's eight o'clock at night. I don't want to be working. And so I just made the unilateral decision of my social media turns off at 6 p.m. and it does not turn on again until 8 a.m. And I just made that decision. I put it in my phone. And so it all just turns off. And it has been, it was hard for the first two days. And then it's been like so freeing. Okay, I'm finally back. Oh my gosh, my internet just totally dropped. I did a rally. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh no, we're frozen. And then like Zoom closed down and it was like connecting, connecting. Oh man. Connecting. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this has never happened to me before. I am wow. in. Oh goodness. So I don't know where I lost you all. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> well, that's a good question because I just had it in my head and now I've completely lost it. Oh, you were talking about how you you've shut down social media. Uh, oh. from six at night to eight in the morning or something like that. Yeah. And it's been very freeing for me. Oh, I bet. Yeah. 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 So I just want to, there was one other thing that you, um, one other idea that you gave of how you could put others first, um, which was give the gift of thoughtful questions and carefully listen to the answers. Mm. Um, you know, which is a, it's a skill that can be learned. Mm -hmm. yes. So, it, you know, it may feel awkward at first, but if you keep practicing like anything else, you keep practicing exactly, yeah. more naturally. Um, and I just want to point out, one, somebody mentioned this in our community group discussion on Sunday morning, and I thought this was so important to bring out that all of these, um, this ability to put others be before yourself, to give the gift of your time, to give the gift of your full attention and to give the gift of thoughtful questions and carefully listening to the answers. It requires a level of personal, spiritual and emotional health. Mm. And it requires a peace with my position in Jesus Christ. Wow. Amen to that. That is exactly right. Because, and uh, every one of these, any one of us can do any of these for about 12 minutes 
and then we curve back in on ourselves. We, we lose track of that. If, but if this is a work of the spirit from the inside of us, his, his agenda, as we talked about, is to turn us up towards God and out towards others. He's already producing that in us. He's already turning our orientation. And to the extent that we cooperate with him, then it is that peaceful um, opening up of ourselves so that Jesus lives his life through us. And, mm-hmm. and then that's our most profound witness. That's what my neighbors see when I interact with them. That something about us that's different isn't, gosh, you work really hard to ask thoughtful questions. It's Jesus is pursuing me through you. I don't know how to name that. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but I experience his life present in you. Yeah, I think that is exactly right, which is fascinating, that up, out, up, out dynamic. Mm-hmm. The deeper I am with the Lord, the deeper I'm going to be able to become with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Are there, is there any last minute thought that you would like to leave with us today? I don't think so. I mean, I just, um, every, everything we're talking about this summer is important. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if this may not be one that God would have us just sit with for a while and make this a matter of daily prayer. Lord, tur- turn me up towards you, turn me out towards others. But do, do that work of displacing me so you are at the center of my life mm-hmm. and then opening me up and opening me up. Um, because as we said, everything else uh, is connected to this essential movement of the Christian life. Well, thank you for being here this morning thank and you. for giving of your time right before your vacation. Yeah, thank and, you. Um, joy to be with you. It's a joy to be here. And thank you all for joining us, um, whether it's recorded or live or um, on the podcast. We're glad you're here and uh, we will miss seeing you for the next couple of weeks and we will be back mid-July. Have a great Grace day. Grace on you all. <laughs>